0: Reporting in progress.
1: I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... We at the Pillars of Franchising team would like to express our gratitude to Feedspot for listing us as number one in their 2023 list of top 50 franchising podcasts that you should listen to. Thank you from everyone here at Pillars of Franchising.
2: Happy Friday Eve. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. The sun is out, sort of. That always makes the day a little better. was oh, on and off, yes. I'm kind of happy when it rains, though, so. Yeah, but you have chickens and the farm, and so I can see why that is, right? Yes, yeah, we like a good watered garden. <laughs> Excellent. So, hey, what do we want to talk about today? So, let's talk about um, financial with getting a franchise, what are like some financial requirements that you need Mm -hmm. if you're looking to get a franchise or multiple franchises? So that is a very good question, and it happens to be a loaded question, right? Because there are a lot of different ways that you can go about funding a franchise. Um, We all know there is having money set aside in your 401k, and they do things like a 401k rollover. We know there is um, traditionally having savings. You can always take a home equity line on your house. Well, that's not always what I would recommend. It is an option. And then there are a lot of SBA options. Um, I will tell you the number one thing that people don't realize is that when you're looking to buy a franchise, um, if you have filed bankruptcy when this, within like the last seven years, it's probably not a good time to apply to get a loan. Um, and sometimes, you know, I get talking with people, and they're so excited, and I even forget to ask that question. And then I find out, oh, gosh, we got a recent bankruptcy, and we can't move forward with that franchise um, purchase. So that's a really big one. And, you know, just talking to one of our um, great friends that we had on the show not too long ago today, we were doing a funding conversation with somebody else, and we talked about the new FBA loans. Um, and not new, the loans, but today, like the interest rates and things. And so that's something that you have to really think about is what does it look like when you get um, where you're servicing debt, right? So the FDA wants to know that above and beyond your profit and um, your your owner's salary that you can still afford to service the debt. So a lot of things go into determining how much and how you get money. Um, you know, Jerry and previously David had talked about getting Um, Some investors, getting a group of friends or maybe business people you know to come up with the money, that's another great way to do it. Um, But again, one of the big things that I would say to people, and often it knocks them out of the finance piece, is don't quit your day job. Do not quit your job until you've qualified and closed on the loan because the FDA wants to know that you indeed have an income and can make those payments. It's kind of weird because duh, they know you're gonna be leaving that job because you're gonna be opening a business, but they wanna see that you have it right now. So I hope those answers some of your questions. We could certainly go down the rabbit hole in a plethora of ways when it comes to how to fund my franchise. Um, I will tell you, you could go back into old episodes and actually look at El Lesco with Fund My Franchise. He's on one of our older episodes, that he's got some great information. Um, don't forget that interest rates are not really the best right now. So right now, the SDA is charging 8%. And when you go through a bank for an SDA loan, they could go anywhere from 2.75 up to 6% on top of that 8%. So money can get really expensive. Doesn't mean it's a bad time to buy. It just means you need to understand what it is that you're getting into. Great. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, if you want more information, check out our website, com. Thank you. Here we are.
3: <laughs>
2: Look at that. <laughs> I've got to unmute you guys because I... I think I muted you. Are y'all unmuted? Nope. I was trying to be so clever. <laughs> Wynn.
0: Wynn needs you...
2: to be unmuted. Yep, I can't unmute him. There you. I am. There you are. John, can you unmute? Well, they're figuring it out. I would like yes. to welcome you all to a fantastic show today. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting the gentleman from the Salty Dog Pet Salon which I love betting anyway. Um, <clears throat> and we're gonna talk a little bit about how they got here, what the cost to invest in the Salty Dog, where they're looking to grow and all other kinds of things. Um, so with that, um, John, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be here?
1: Sure, well, thanks for having me on the show. It's very exciting and I love talking about pets. I love talking about franchising and I love talking about uh, Salty dogs. so thank you for that. Um, but Salty Dog is a it's a cool new little franchise in the pet space where we're focusing on grooming and pet care services as well as getting into food toys and treats and just really trying to become a an all encompassing um, um, pet uh, service industry. The cool little twist we have is uh, we we decided to try and with our backgrounds and see if we could get hairdressers. And teach them how to groom dogs, right? So if they're yeah. good enough to do your hair, um, hopefully they're good enough to do your pet's hair. And you know, and we use products that um, um, are tested on humans first, and of course, uh, people that are trained on humans first. So um, that's awesome. kind of our little uh, 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 secrecy that kind of sets us apart. But um, but yeah, we got into the pet space. So my background: uh, I'm a franchisee of 17 years in Paul Mitchell, the School, and I've been creating hairdressers for the last 17 years. And been part of a network where we've created a quarter of a million um uh hairdressers over the last uh handful of years. And wow. so um a lot of them are doing and fulfilling their dream. They're doing hair on humans and a lot of them don't really like people. They like <laughs> dogs way better. So <laughs> I call it
2: a- <laughs> I would like all that drama every day myself
1: to be honest. <laughs> I mean, what what's better than working with, with uh with dogs all day, right?
4: Yeah. Um
1: But then this, you know, this thing happened, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I swear your head's always on a swivel and you're always looking for opportunity and where there's a problem, the market says, hey, there's a problem, where's the solution?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Try finding a groomer. If you have a pet and you're trying to get them groomed, good luck. Like my partner, Wynn, kind of disrupted the industry 20 years ago in hair. Try finding a hairdresser 20, 30 years ago. Uh, Wynn went up and created a company and said, you know what, we're going to create hairdressers. So, I call up Wynn, and I said, hey, uh, I think we have the same issue with grooming, and can we make it sexy and cool? And he's like, yeah, yeah so let's go ahead and see if we've got some hairdressers that might want to use all the hard skills that they've learned, clipper overcomb, scissor comb and can we convert it into grooming dogs and really kind of change the industry, change that standard? And so we tested it, we found out we could do it, and then we kind of jumped in feet first and, um, and then really put all the processes in place, so...
2: Yeah. That's awesome. So, when you started this venture long ago with Paul Mitchell Schools, right? You're doing the, the schools?
0: Yes. I, I actually opened up my first uh, beauty school uh, almost 40 years ago. And then about 22 years ago, I went into partnership with uh, John Paul DeJoria, the man who was one of the co-founders for the Paul Mitchell hair product company. Right. We became partners. I think our original goal... I think somebody even captured me on video saying this, that, you know, gosh, we're going to be so successful one day that we're going to open up seven of these locations. And <laughs> n- now we have over 110. So. Wow. So
2: there wow. You go. That, well, yeah. and especially today, I mean, it's, it's kind of like one of the trades, right? You, you, people need people who know how to do this skill. I think it's kind of a form of art myself, but it's certainly a skill that somebody has got to be trained to do.
3: The the, the pet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. If I'm not (laughs) correct here, let me know. Uh, I mean, I I travel a lot. And uh, one of the reasons that uh, people buy an RV to travel with is so they can take their pets. And it's usually not one pet. And it's not just dogs. Anything from parrots to pigs to, to, uh, of course, lots of dogs and cats. Uh, As an example, we have a doormat that says, dogs welcome people tolerate it (laughs) yeah yes
2: now that's what you need at the salon right that's like a really good door sign
3: so
2: so when when john came to you with this idea about pets like was your first reaction like what or do you have pets did you actually experience the need for this
0: oh absolutely and i and i still experience the need for it i have i have uh, two dogs It's, it's amazing that i end up spending more money to have my dogs groomed than I spend money to have my mother-in-law groomed. So, so so yeah, we, we know. And, and, and if you've ever had to to, to leave town and, and board your, your dog, oh my gosh, you, you could put them at the Ritz Carlton and and put them in a room and spend less money for that. So the, the money that we spend, you know, Ray, you're right. The money that we spend on our, on our pets, uh, is just incredible. And, and, the, what's happening in the pet industry overall from from food and toys and, and treats and grooming oh, is yeah. just booming. Uh, it, it was booming prior to the pandemic, and now, oh, my gosh, just what oh, yeah. what a great industry to get into.
3: Yeah. You know, cool. People realize that pets are usually better than having a lot of friends,
0: <laughs>
4: you
3: know, because they can get along with them. But I do have a, a quick question for you guys. Uh, one of the things that uh, i i have a pomeranian okay and i went to one dog groomer and it was you know x amount of dollars i went to another dog groomer and they said oh yes we will style that dog for you so do you distinguish that uh at, at all as far as having your dog styled into whatever the the latest trend is to just having a haircut
1: yeah Great question. Um, I thought you were going to go in a different direction uh, <laughs> regarding,
3: <laughs> regarding
1: uh, price, because I love that question. But anyway. Yeah, well, um, that's
3: so about the same yeah. thing.
1: Well, so basically, here's the thing, keeping it simple. I, I don't know about you, but as a consumer, I like to go into a place, it's a price, it's fairly simple to understand, and I get it. I can connect the dots very simply on maybe why this was $5 more. But when it starts layering, you know then it's it's a little annoying and so what we wanted to do was go in and so we look at the dog we look at the hair texture we look at the length and then we look at how detailed so there's a lifestyle groom which is probably what what I would call like a one length some people it can be a shave it could be an inch it could be a certain length right so there's a lifestyle groom because we want our dogs clean we want their mats clean because we they live in our on our home they sleep on our bed they are on our couch right and then there are people that want breed specific cuts And those require quite a bit more skill. And so there's a different, that's a different category. And so there's more time involved. There's a lot more finish. But the cool part about kind of even along with our facility, you know, the way we style and finish a dog, you know, there's a lot of uh, really like a groomer used to take a dog from cradle to grave.
0: That Mm -hmm. means
1: bathe them the labor of removing hair, and then finishing it up. What we do is we divide our service into basically three steps. And the third step is style and finish. So we really focus on, just like a hairdresser, style and finish. Someone, I'm As a matter of fact, I cut a doll head one time to see if I could cut hair. And um, I did okay. But when my wife came in who's a hairdresser and did the style and finish, it looked killer and i took it to the school and everyone was like oh my god it's so great it was all in the style and finish trust me and (laughs) and you can hide a lot you know if you know how to style and finish but again that's the art and the skill (laughs) so what we try to do is really take the people that have that skill and give them more opportunity to have the dogs leave our place looking really good and the other two steps are career building steps and so we really work towards that but as far as like pricing keep it simple have an understanding. So if you have a dog that has a poodle of any kind of poodle mix in it, it's another, it, that is a different, that is a different right. deal altogether. Right. And there's a lot of care with that. And most people don't know that. So if you've got a, a dog that has basically two coats and we're just trying to remove a coat. So, so we try to be really upfront and very simple with pricing. And um and, and I think that works for us. And, and again, lifestyle groom is kind of the most popular. Hey, take it down to this length and then clean everything up, make it look good, make it smell good, we're good to go.
2: Okay, so I have a lot of questions here. (laughs) Um, So I, like you, once had a doll with long hair and decided I was gonna try my hand at being a hairdresser you know like the doll chucky with his hair all mashed up and just yeah. <laughs> that's what my poor doll looked like and my mom said i don't think you're going to be a hairdresser <laughs> but what if i love this concept even though i can't cut hair to save my life do i have yeah. to be a hairdresser
1: no that you know no. thank you for asking that because I, I i get excited about hairdressers because i love hairdressers i've been a part of that my whole life so but no as a matter of fact cool. we focus very hard on We basically have three main training tracks. So we have a track that's for a hairdresser to really focus on grooming, anatomy, techniques, and things like that. Then we have a track that takes a groomer and we spend more time on our culture and how we do things, how we communicate, how you operate within our world. Right, right. The third track would be someone that says, Hey, this is a passion purchase. I really would like to be a groomer. I don't know. I don't even know how to hold scissors. Right. Yeah. Um, we got a track for that. Obviously, the time is different for the level of skill set with those. When you start when you start putting very sharp scissors near a dog's face and you don't know what you're doing, things can uh-huh. go bad real quick. So yeah. that that person will take a little bit longer. But it's we we have a track for that. And we definitely have we actually have quite a few that, that do that.
2: Well, one of the things that I really that there's a couple of things. Um, and, and when I'm wondering whose idea this was. The idea of the aroma therapy, right, so I walk into my groomer and I immediately smell wet dog. Mm. when a consumer walks into salty dogs, they don't necessarily smell that. Did you have a hand in that?
0: uh you know we both did and and our our time within the beauty industry absolutely has paid off too because yes. I'm sure you probably experienced that walking into a salon where it, where there are, there are can be fumes from chemical services being performed in a salon that mates. Might not be uh very attractive, and so you—you
2: so you mean we, like the old school perm?
0: There you go, <laughs> only not so old school anymore. It's—it's yeah. it's 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 all coming back, back you know, It's all coming back. So, oh no, yeah. <laughs> even no. Though, the okay. hair will
2: still be straight. <laughs> well, I think that's a really interesting thing. So, so when john was talking to me on the franchise hot seat that was one thing that really got my attention is that you've pumped in this aromatherapy so when you walk into the to the salon the pet salon it actually smells welcoming mm-hmm. and you don't have that horrid wet fur smell
1: yeah and it's all glass
2: so
4: yeah.
1: not only do you have a great shopping experience because it smells good um i love the west End and the w hotels those you know exactly when you walk in what they smell like yeah you know your home that's how it is at Salty. Then we have all glass, so you can see what's happening with your dog at all times. Now there's some there's there's a lot of work with that. That is, I, I'll tell you, you talk to leggers like that's that's a horrible idea. I get it. It's because you're you're responsible for the way you're treating the pet, and you do have to work with the pet. And yeah. some people aren't used to seeing that, but we're not afraid to communicate what we're doing because it's in the best interest of the pet. So. um it's it's a fantastic layout i mean you i've never been and that's really what started this part of this whole concept was taking my dog in they took it behind closed doors i go to pick it up it's a different dog for two days what is going on back there and so um i wanted to make sure everything was just transparent totally see through you could see it all
2: i think that's a great idea and for people who are looking to invest aside from just um the grooming charges what else do you do to help uh, raise your average unit volume, um, so franchisees can kind of get an idea of how much money they could they could sort of make in this model? Yeah,
1: so so we've put a heavy focus into the front side of the of the house, so food, toys, and treats. Heavy oh. emphasis on, I mean, and there's just a the huge push. Heavy, heavy emphasis on uh, like bakery items, custom items. I mean, we have these really cool cakes that honestly. We, <laughs> The sugar smell, it's like the old waffle cones, you know, when you go oh. into the ice cream store. Oh, man. Walk in there, you smell that. And then, you know, these cakes look so good. And then they have these edible markers where you can write the dog, the the pet's name on there. Um, so we celebrate birthdays. We have cookies that are so ridiculously big. And then we have the smallest dogs walking around with these things in their mouth. It is hilarious, and it's so much fun. Do you have pictures and, of
4: that
2: somewhere? I got to see I that do. on TikTok or something. That I looks... Do. That that just sounds hysterical. Well,
0: and
2: yeah. in, in when I hate to ask the guy with no hair
0: about the product. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> the, the guy was in the beauty industry with no hair. Kristen, you just couldn't resist, could you?
2: I couldn't, but I just love your head. I would rub it if I could.
0: Thank you. So can
2: you, me, can you tell me about the products that you use on the dogs? Because I know that's a signature thing too, right?
0: Yeah, but we're we're not exclusive to, to any one uh, brand. Within the Paul Mitchell School world, there is a dog product called uh, John Paul Pet.
2: Okay. So
0: named after John Paul uh, DeJoria. The majority okay. of our Palm Mitchell schools also carry that line. There's quite a few uh, salons and grooming stores that also carry that line and, and we, we do as well.
2: Okay, and so as a franchisor, um well when did the school start when did you
0: start franchising those um 22 years ago
2: wow So
0: together again john paul and i opened up our i i was already in the school business for 20 years before john paul and i became partners together he and i opened up a flagship facility in southern california and like i said earlier the plan was we're going to open up seven of those around the country and then we just got without showing up to to one franchise show we went to no conventions. We had no brokers, and just organically, it, it just blew up. Wow! Uh, to, to like I said, now 20 years later, with uh, over 110 locations. Wow!
2: Well, I have to tell you, um, and Ray, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? Because you know, I came to yeah. Well, the,
3: before the show gets completely to the dogs, <laughs> we need to start talking about the nitty gritty, and, mm-hmm. and that you know how much it's going to cost a person to get into the franchise because this sounds really interesting i know a lot of people who love dogs so they're probably saying yes i'd love to be doing this
1: yeah let me, let me i'll touch on that but first let me let me say this the reason why we're talking so much about hairdressers is if you're starting a business right now and you need people good luck and and so what was important to us is okay let's take and uh, let's approach every problem and let's see if we can solve it so we sit down and we're like all right Where's the workforce coming from? Yeah. So the idea of the initial wave of maybe making a shift within the industry was going to come from what we know, which was hairdressers. Let's start there and not just Paul Mitchell hairdressers, any hairdresser, anyone that has experience right. with hair, let's start with them. And, but obviously that's going to evolve. I mean, it can't feed the machine completely, but within each store, we've built a full curriculum system that you're going to be able to train tomorrow's groomer. It's a kinetic model. It's fed, by, it's fed by its career path, its broadband, its coaching. We teach you how to do all that. So you're you're, you're going to eventually make more style and finish people than you have tables, which then means the next store is ready to be teed up and open. So that's why we're talking so much about hairdressers and also the time to train them. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, there's all these people who want to be groomers. But if it takes five years to train you, that's no good.
0: So and, that, and that was the the, the benefit the advantage of, of John and I being in, in, the, in the hairdressing industry with yeah. Pumichel Schools because we are graduating thousands of uh, future hairdressers every single year and we started this club within our schools again 20 years ago called John Paul Pet Club. So it was, just, it was the idea of we have students within our schools, we want to be really good citizens and neighbors in every community that we have uh, a business we want to be able to give back and make a difference in that community and, and for a variety of causes. And obviously one of the causes was animal related, animal health, rescue. And so we started these John Paul pet clubs within our schools and they were just overwhelmingly successful. It was, gosh, how many of our students, they, they love, they love, love animals. We, we've raised and donated well over $800,000. To Morris Animal Foundation which was headed up by, by Betty White so we partnered with Betty White. Uh, we, we have given hundreds of thousands of dollars to Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, to local uh, chapters, rescue and so it was that background that John and I had in the, in the Palm Mitchell school world where we got to see firsthand how many of our our students and, and team members were just so passionate about animals. So this was just kind of a natural progression.
2: Can I tell you how powerful that is for your brand? And I, I know John, we spoke earlier that, that you also do that um, for uh, um, adop- animals that are up for adoption, right? You mm-hmm. also do that. And you know, when I was looking to buy my franchise, a lot of things were very similar, but the one thing that tilted the scale was the fact that there was a way already built in for me to help the community yeah. and to give back. And, You know, recently I was asked to actually make a video to remind the newer owners of our model why I got into it, why it was so important, because, you know, over time it gets watered down if you don't keep talking about it. But, you know, hats off to you guys for being forward thinking and giving back to the community, because that is a huge piece of being marketable for potential investors or buyers.
0: Thank you. We, we, We really would not know how to do it otherwise and it is it's it's not something that we casually talk about here and there. This is a huge huge big focus in what we do in our not only in our Palm School world but in our Salty Dog world as well. One of our belief systems is service is the rent that we pay for room on this earth. So how we look at it is yeah. all of us are taking up space on this planet which yeah. means we have to pay rent for that space and the rent right. that we pay is by giving back making a difference in our communities. Excellent.
3: That's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool. But right, let's get back to the. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, Ray's ready to write a check. So give, yeah. give Ray the amount. Tell him. I was
2: about. too. I was too. I think Ray and I need to go together on something.
1: Yeah. So on the low end, because uh, the, the space size doesn't fluctuate too much. I mean, we, we we're looking between 1700 and 2000s for the urban environment. Very good for high traffic area. Um, on the low end, you're looking at around 210000 on the high end, um, uh, $350,000, and that's franchise fee and everything uh, oh. included. And um, we have, uh, from real estate to architect to one of the most amazing FF&E designers uh, in the world, actually has been uh he's won several awards in the hairdressing business kind of a not it's naha and and he just builds phenomenal spaces so that's one of our advantages too i know there's a lot of spaces out there but i Mm -hmm. think when you walk in them maybe you don't feel like the the space was built for the care for the pet like we we want the service to be right so um, that humanizing uh, kind of factor. So uh, our space definitely, when you walk in, you immediately you, you know it's franchised and you know it's it's well thought out and planned. So um, that's kind of the spread uh, for the for the built for the cost.
2: Now, do you offer um, a model, or is it kind of in your brain thinking about the whole mobile tech? Because people really got into that mobile thing, especially during COVID. Is that on the radar for you?
1: It is not. Um, I'll tell you, I have. Um, I'm a numbers guy. I I have dissected mobile a million ways, and I cannot figure out how that becomes profitable. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely difficult to scale, and um, there's tons of liability. We yeah. already have yeah. enough liability bringing the pet into our our environment, which we yeah. can control. Let alone um, going, go, sending an employee and someone. So if we ever do anything mobile it'll just be from a pr perspective to um do some things for charity take take our our skills to the site kind of thing but not as a business not as a revenue stream
2: awesome i think that's actually a really great answer because you also have an atmosphere that you're trying to protect Mm -hmm. but i don't think you could get in a mobile vehicle unless you had the pope (laughs) mobile
0: yeah right (laughs) you know if, if if all we were doing is selling a service selling a grooming service well then, right. then maybe, but that's yeah. not what we're selling. We're selling an experience. I it think most most pet owners who have taken their their dog to a pet grooming, oftentimes those are ma and pa type uh, experiences, and yeah. and all they got was they got their dog bathed and groomed. That was yeah. it. There was not a, an experience. You you brought up the aroma and the and the smell. John brought up the fact that it's very transparent and you can see what's happening. You yeah. walk into these stores, and you can tell, wow, this is, this is a high-end place. Yeah.
2: yeah. But what's interesting is your prices aren't off the chart. So you walk into this bougie salon,
1: yeah. but
2: you're not paying those kinds of prices necessarily, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. So there, there's actually there's a reason. There's, there's, there's a lot of thought behind the pricing, and it has to do with what profit margin do we want to be at and what's your cost. If you look at your fixed cost and you look at what your hours of operation are, you know, what you want to make in the profit, you know, what you need to charge per hour, but here's the thing when, when you, for example, in the mobile versus us, one of the things that we're good at is breaking things apart, highly specializing those things and grow. So if we've got a bather that we've dialed in, trained, and they can crank out baths, right. Then they're feeding this middle person. That's basically just the labor of removing hair. None of the skill spots, right? And then you go to the groomer that that groomer that does cradle to grave. Let's just say the average pet is three hours and it's 90 bucks. That's $30 an hour service revenue. What we're experiencing is we can get a style and finish pet through a a skilled groomer at three an hour. So you go for $90 and basically a service or I'm sorry, $30 an hour. And we can go to $90 an hour. We can pay people a lot differently when we can generate $90 an hour. But you have to have that system in and that's not anything new but the reason why mom and pop uh, grooming place can't do it is if you book if you set your books up for that system and someone doesn't show up and you have no work you have no workforce solution yeah you have just shot yourself in the foot so basically this whole system is a massive feeding system And that's really what the schools are. It's the feeder system for salons. We're building the same thing. It's a feeder system for grooming. And it just kind of creeps that model going.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing about that that I really like is that you can take someone who maybe is fresh out of high school or whatever, no experience, start them as a bather, and you've created this growth pattern for them, right? An upward trajectory. And a lot of people May not really know what they want to be when they're growing up i I'm still trying to figure it out, right, and so yeah. I think it's really cool part of a labor solution is to do some hands on training and they feel like they've got a future ahead of them,
1: yeah, everybody wants a career path I mean, pay is pay, but man, I want to know am I doing well? like how do I know i'm doing well we have We have so much built into our l m s that tells you you're progressing. Your times are getting faster. Your skill sets are getting better. We want to move you on and mentor you to the next stage. And it's great. And you're right. A high school kid could do it in our school. We have kids that are in beauty school at night, but they, during the day, they need a job. And so they like, Hey, let's go play with dogs. So they'll come in and bathe. They might not end up becoming groomers. They might go and be hairdressers, but it's such a great fit. And so there's so much opportunity. And again, if you're, so, Kristen, if you, bought a, if you brought, bought a franchise, the first thing I'm doing is I'm connecting you, myself, with a local school. And wow. we're going to go in there on a guest artist day, and we're going to talk about what it is you're trying to do. You're trying to disrupt and change. You're trying to create yeah. a culture that they're used to. And every time we've done that, it's amazing. So a lot of these kids are going to beauty school. I want to do runway work. I want to be editorial work. Yeah. I want to be on TV <sighs> But then they see this and they see how much fun we have. And it's fun. It's great working with Doc. It's peaceful.
4: Yeah. Not always,
1: not always, but it is peaceful most of the time. So <laughs> when you're done giving that pitch, you have a dozen names. Yeah. I mean, what, where do you go to get I mean, cause I'd like to know cause I need them for my school, but where do you go to get employees and where can you talk yeah. about what you want to talk about? And 12 people go, Hey, I'd love to work there.
2: Well, and you know, Ray and I talk a lot about the best, part with that is you start to build that culture of people who love what they do, and then it's like that shampoo, and then they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and next thing you know, it's so on and so on, and you have more people than you need, and to your point, you have to open a second salon. That's the yeah, best that,
0: I, I like that you keep on using that word uh, culture, and that, that word has been brought up a couple of times during this this yes. uh, podcast, and, that, and that's that's a part of this that we haven't really even touched on the value of the culture uh, and, and also what you just said, because what that is one of our core belief systems that you have to love what you do.
4: Yes. You have
0: to love who you do it with. Yep. And you have to love who you do it for. Now that's a career path to love what you do, yes. to love who you do it with and to love who you do it for. And that's what we're attracting.
2: Well, I have to tell you when I have to give you a shout out for this and I have to be completely honest and that I have not yet got to finish because I, I just have so many things going on, but you wrote a book called Be Nice or Else, and when you go through it, it almost. And then I met you here, and we start talking about Salty Dog. And it really does reflect who you are as a person, and what you put into your career, what you put into this brand, what you put into Paul Mitchell Schools. I mean, it, it really. And John too. I mean, even before I understood the model. I met him at a show and I'm like, Oh my God, this is just a really cool guy. And he's really excited about pets. And so I really think that that becomes contagious. And so I would have to assume when you look for franchisees, do you look for somebody that's a big pet fan?
0: You kind of oh my <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, and we experienced that in the in the Palm Beach School world as well. We we had people who approached us, and all they had was money. That's all they had. Yeah. They, they they lacked the passion. They lacked the 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 love for the beauty industry. They lacked the desire to make a difference in the lives of of young people who are starting off in their brand new careers. They yeah. lacked all of those things, and it just wasn't a good fit. Same thing applies to this.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm, I'm super think- excited.
0: I think also too,
1: you know, we do have we do have some franchisees that, you know, I I think if I honestly ask them, like, do you absolutely love pets, and they they probably would say, yeah, yeah, but you know what they do love, they 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 the culture, they they want to develop people, they want to create opportunity, they're entrepreneurs, they're showing up, you know, so it's yeah. they're part of it, and you know, when you get a lot of people from different backgrounds and different ideas and you get them together and you brainstorm you create products that are very difficult to duplicate you create ideas and systems that are very difficult to walk into a store and and, and steal when you talk about our culture it's about how we meet and communicate you know a lot of times people just think it's like you know just be nice to everybody that's not necessarily (laughs) it it's that we have systems that when when we meet when we talk who we talk to we do one-on-ones with all our groomers we want to we want them to know where they're at in their career path to get excited and to know that they get time every two weeks, they get personal time with the, the store owner to talk about things that are on their mind. And that keeps, that keeps the, the, the group time mm-hmm. positive, you right. know, the, the negative stuff, you can, you squash that so much sooner, but the only time you're like, like Kristen, let me ask you. So you get a phone card to, Hey, can we chat? Mm-hmm. Hey, can you talk? You know what that's about? Right. Right. So we don't get that because we talk to our people. So, I mean, we're a house of meetings. I mean, yeah. again, it's, we're constantly communicating. It's our culture. That's
0: it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's the manager and, and business owner of today. Unfortunately, that oftentimes thinks and believes that their people do not want to communicate with them. And it's actually the exact opposite because it's a basic human need that people need to feel that they belong. And, yeah. and part of feeling like I belong to something means that I have a voice my voice matters. My voice uh, makes a difference. My boss cares about what's happening, not just am I producing the numbers uh, right. to earn a paycheck, but do they care about me as an individual, as a human being? Do they care about my growth, not just personally, but in my career as well?
4: Yeah. So it's,
0: it's, and that's a big, big part of that culture we're talking about.
2: That's awesome. That's so cool. I've already got all these ideas in my head. So we got a question from the chat that I wanted to share with you. And obviously, all of this, I think people know. This is a really, you know, awesome concept. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody loves pets out there. But what item do you think people should read first on the FDD as it pertains to your brand?
1: Well, I, you know, particularly for me, if I'm at, if I'm so. If I'm answering this question and there are things that people immediately go to, right? So they'll go to item 19, you know, they'll go to the cost. They'll, they'll, and those are, those are, those are to be able to compare apples to apples so that you can figure out, is this right for you? In an emerging brand, um, I think you got to look and do some background on who started it. It, it. There are certain people. I mean, like there's a guy that's like seven foot 10 that played basketball that's getting in the chicken business. Like. You know, the guy's successful. Right. And as soon as he said, I'm getting the chicken business, everybody went for it. There are people that just surround themselves and somehow like success breeds success. Yeah. If you have, some people stumble on it, but some people are just bred and they, and they'll work through to find success. Like we hit pitfalls and like, all right, let's reconvene. How do we pivot? You got to be capitalized. You got to be able to pivot. And I think that when you look at someone's background, so for me, if I'm pitching my brand, it's, you got to look at the story of the three owners and our other partners, not on, but all three have a very important role and have a history of showing that we can do this from the franchisee and the franchisor. So I would look at the story. I would look at the, I would look at the industry, pull, pull a report, IBIS World Report, $100 billion is the industry by in 2023, I'm sorry, in 2027, they're predicting this to be a $400 billion industry. Where's that coming from? Yeah, I mean, there's only so much food you can eat. So it, it's going to be coming from services, right? Yeah,
4: for sure. There's no,
1: there's no groomers. So yeah. what, like if you want to tap into the service side, which is just ready to be gobbled up, you got to go with someone who's producing service providers and who has a track record of doing it. That's us.
2: That's awesome. That's- that is such, a, you know, I have people ask me about emerging brands all the time. And often, you know, there's not a lot of data on FDD for them to look at right for their item 19 and and i don't say a lot of data i mean the, the item 19 specifically and so they're kind of nervous about that and i always tell them you know look at the founders and then also have a conversation and find out as one of the founding franchisees how much involvement you know you get in in kind of making decisions and and kind of planning the direction of where they go so what are the markets that are hot for you right now where are you looking to expand first
1: Well, I, this was crazy. So here's the cool part. Like if you, if you're not sure if we're it, just study other franchises and you're going to see that um, find other franchises with their FDD and look at where their sales are at and their average. We are emerging. There's no reason why we can't hit the same numbers that they're going to hit. There's nothing different there. So you look at those markets. So for us right now, I'm focusing on the triangle of Dallas, Houston, Austin. Okay, that, okay. That's a, we're, we're located down there. We have stores down there. We can show franchisees, prospective franchisees right away. Hey, this is what it looks and feels like. We have a store in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, that does very well. So we, that Southeast quarter, this, the, the areas that you expect that, that would have heavy pets. Those are areas that the opportunity is just, it's enormous. I mean, let me ask you, what is the, what is the biggest advantage of getting into an emerging brand? Cause there is higher risk. There, there, there's, there's gotta be fit. So what is the advantage of being in an emerging brand?
2: Yeah. See, I love the idea because for people who are entrepreneurial and people who want to start from nowhere and really it's kind of like having that idea of the world is your oyster, right? Like you can do anything with this brand and the relationship that you have with the founders, because you're so new you know them by name. You probably know their kids. You probably know, I mean, you've probably been to their house for dinner, right? Those are the kinds of things that I think people underestimate the value of. And, you know, in, in these, all of these businesses, relationships matter.
0: Mm-hmm. And- oh, my God. Kristen, that was like the best answer ever. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, <laughs> was, that, was, that was perfect. <laughs> Jerry,
1: I, I, when I met Jerry before the call started, I mean, he he owns a ton of franchises, Right. Mm-hmm. how hard was that to acquire and make sense in certain areas right yeah. because if you can concentrate an area you know you can keep your thumb on the pulse right yeah. if you're talking to you're trying to find you want to grow and, and open up 20 or 30 of a certain franchise that's already established i
0: right. bet
1: you you're traveling across the country that's what i have to do with paul mitchell because yeah. i had to you know i couldn't get a concentrated area because it was just already exploded so the emerging brand is really it's it's for an entrepreneur and, and this, mm-hmm. this brand, if you mitigate risk, look at the industry. Industry's hot, look at the yep. space, and do we have the answers? And we have the answers for the workforce, we have an answer for the workflow, and we have an answer for the training piece and culture piece. So let's um, talk
2: about marketing. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit on hot seat. Tell me about the marketing piece for you.
1: Yeah, so marketing has been one of those things that has been fun in the last probably four months because we have really dug into the AI side of marketing and it's uh-huh. been mind-blowing and fun. And and again, I could talk for four more hours on that. But um so, we you know, our whole thing is uh, in the hair space has always been social media. We've always gone out there. Our kids are very active it's easy to get to engage them into interaction. And so it's the same within salty dogs. So yeah. we're really focusing on telling our story through a lot of imagery and seeing that it, it's fun to work there. It's yeah. it, the, the dogs look great. They're amazing. And so it, 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 it kind of starts there done. I will tell you after, after meeting you and the hot seat, um, we've done some direct mail and we've tried that. We tried traditional things. Um, in the in the Texas area, because of the location of that store, we've had to do more marketing. Atlanta, Georgia didn't spend a dollar, not one dollar really? on advertising pre-opening. And and that store filled so quickly because of the dog volume and where it's at. It's by the yeah. belt line. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. I think you gotta, I think for us, it's important to tell our story through digital means. Yep. Cause that's where people are receiving it.
2: Well, I have a guilty confession. I, try not to go on social media much because I it's like a vortex, right? I get sucked in. Yeah. And the worst for me is animals. Like I will watch dogs for hours, right? Mm-hmm. And whether it's on a TikTok or it's the world's funniest videos and the dogs are doing something goofy. I mean, and my girlfriends will constantly send me, Hey, you guys see this TikTok and it's it's a labradoodle, you know, standing on something. <laughs> I mean, Uh. they're just forever entertaining. And so I I agree that that is a great place. Um, Ray, I'm sorry, because I really, like, just talked it up. And we do have one question from the audience. Uh. No, I don't think they have cows. Is there any chance you're going to start a salty cat franchise? Do you think Uh. cats are these?
1: So I do, I do have a couple of groomers that are passionate about cats and we we will, um, especially at that location. um, It is location by location. Please don't hate on me, but it just seems like everybody loves dogs and and that's the, that's kind of the group we've attracted. Um, But no, I I do have a groomer that is passionate about cats. And so a lot of, she'll do a lot of cats, but um, no Well, cats, cats.
2: I used to have a rag doll and that cat had to be shaved. I mean, because mm-hmm. she just, and she looked ridiculous that way, but otherwise it's completely matted. So there is certainly a need out there, but I agree with you. It depends on where you're at and what the concentration is. Ray, I'm sorry, do you have more tough questions? Uh, i got one last question
3: I want to ask. Do you franchises in right. the Chicagoland area?
1: We do. We, we, we have a multi-unit that is getting ready to sign a lease on its first location. But I'll, I'll put it this way. My partner who kind of uh, was, is well known in the hair business. He has stores in Chicago or did, I think he sold out, but he had 157 locations in Chicago. So five is just a drop in the bucket. So um,
2: Ray, we got to get on this,
3: Ray.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> got to get on that north side, man. It's crazy I'm up there. I'm telling you, oh, I yeah. mean, That's even out money. the
4: verbs, right? Yeah. The verbs, and here we are.
1: Yeah. I was out there. I drove by a dog park out by Chicago, and it's kind of—I'm trying to remember if it's um, exactly in between the two towns, but it, it was kind of a drive. And I ran wow. into people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we drive from the city because then they'll stay—they'll stay for they'll stay the bulk of the day out there with their dog." Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. And it was it's, packed. It was packed. Yeah,
2: it's—it's yeah. yep. it's a great town, and, and Chicago is a very big dog dog town. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, Lynn, I, I do want to make sure you know that we're going to have you on again because we have so much more to talk to you about. I mean, really, it's been a pleasure having you. And, John, I'm so glad we finally get to catch up. I do need to talk to both of you in the next day or so about some of these opportunities that we discussed. And um, I wish you all the luck with your expansion. I know, you know, people are going to be checking this out on our website through YouTube, but how do they reach you
3: guys?
1: Oh yeah. So salty dog, salty com. I mean, it's, it's by, by far the easiest place and all our social channels are at the bottom of that page. But
3: uh,
1: yeah, I mean, our salty dog pets on Instagram, and you can see, you can see what we're doing and we, you can see, um, you can see the people having fun. It's important to have fun. If if you own it, you manage it, or you work in it, or you're a consumer. Um, And you can see that through um, just a multitude of ways through social media.
2: That's awesome. You guys, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to check back in with you, whether it's six months or 12 months, because I'm sure your organization is just going to flourish. Thank, thank you. you
0: very much. And to, to be included in this, by the way, I, I I sort of think that I invited myself to be a part of this, Chris, and I think I
2: <laughs> I consider you part of the package Lynn. It's a package deal guys their co-founders, and you know what was really great about it is it really gave us the backstory. Mm-hmm. And as an emerging brand, right? We've just talked about how important it is to understand the people that ha- have stake in these franchise systems.
0: Well, you and- know, we're going to be in Chicago. We're 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 going to be up there uh, in May. So so please. We're we're bringing all of our students together. Like three or four of our schools are coming together, and we're doing a big event that we'd like, like to invite you guys to. Yeah, I five must schools. Have wow.
2: the invitation. Cool. It just <laughs> ba- <it's> just
0: barely <laughs> got not put created, together. So yeah.
2: Okay. And you two of the two of the world's
1: greatest two of the two of the world's greatest most motivational speakers you ever hear are speaking. Of course, Wynn and Kathy Buckley. Yeah it's it's phenomenal i will i will make sure you get the invite the dates and if you need me to come pick you up and give you a ride i'll do that too
2: oh you're so sweet i can't wait i will be there with bells on and i again thank you both so much for being
4: with us today
1: thank you thanks guys appreciate it
4: hey franchise owners how is your local marketing do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westbine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westbine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or with a Y.com.
2: And we'd like to thank you all for joining us on the show today. Thank you to John Kansky and Wynne Clava of Salty Dog Pet Salons. Very exciting new emerging brand. You hope to check it out. Check out their Instagram. Uh, we appreciate our Million Dollar Mentors for the continued commitment and thoughts. And last but not least, a shout-out of thanks to our producer, Fred McMurray. Uh, I am Kristen Shell messi your fourth franchising mentor, <clears throat> Losing My Voice. And together, we are your resource for franchising success. This has been another episode of Coors of Franchising. Join us again next week at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. And remember, the dream starts here. Have a great week.